It's June 30th, 2021, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm Adam B. Levine here again with Lola Ledesma for your daily news roundup. On today's show, we're talking Bitcoin, security tokens, latest headlines, and more. Today's episode is sponsored by Interpop, Unique One Network, and Elliptic. And just a reminder that Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Bitcoin stalled near $36,000 resistance during Asia hours and could face further downside towards the $30,000 to $33,000 support zone. Bitcoin was unable to sustain a series of higher price lows over the past few days. This means a period of consolidation could persist as selling pressure stabilizes from May. Sentiment has turned quite bearish, as evidenced by directionless trading in the wake of El Salvador's decision to adopt the cryptocurrency as a legal tender. Pankaj Balani, CEO of Delta Exchange, doesn't foresee bulls making a strong comeback anytime soon. Quote, Bitcoin is in a consolidation phase and we think this can stretch through September, he said. Since its peak in April, the institutional interest has waned and there is a lack of liquidity from both corporations and retail buyers. According to Balani, the cryptocurrency remains vulnerable to any weakness on the macro front and could drop to the former hurdle turn support of $19,666 seen in December 2017 in a case of broad-based risk aversion. Bitcoin is up on the week but down from yesterday, and as the first half of 2021 comes to a close, here's a look at how we got here. The historically strong quarter began on a positive note, with Bitcoin rallying to a record $64,801 in the run-up to the Nasdaq debut of cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase on April 14th. However, momentum stalled in subsequent weeks as retail traders struggled to do the heavy lifting in the wake of whales, those are big Bitcoin holders, selling. Bitcoin prices were on track for a record second quarter percentage decline and took a beating in mid-May after the U.S. electric car maker Tesla announced they would no longer accept Bitcoin as a payment alternative, citing environmental concerns. China's reiteration of the crypto mining ban and concerns of an early unwinding of stimulus by the Fed amplified that bearish move, pushing prices down to a then-four-month low of $30,000. The drop snaps a four-quarter winning streak that saw prices chart a six-fold rise, according to Bitstamp data. Currently, traditional markets are showing no signs of weakness. Despite the Fed's recent hawkish talk, the S&P 500 Wall Street Benchmark Equity Index is on track to end the second quarter 8% higher, a fifth consecutive quarterly gain. Meanwhile, gold, a safe haven, has erased most of its gains to trade just 2% higher for the quarter, according to TradingView data. That said, some observers remain optimistic and are drawing parallels with the price action seen in 2013 when Bitcoin crashed from $250 to $45 per BTC, bringing the bull run to a screeching halt, only to have it surge to four figures by November. Quote, While I don't think the bottom is in, the market looks like 2013, and Bitcoin could see a mega pump. John Lilac, consensus alum Polygon advisor and Infinity Whale, told Coindesk in a Telegram chat. But others, like Stock Fund COO and co-founder Matthew Dibb, don't subscribe to the 2013 scenario, saying the current market structure is entirely different. He remains, however, a cautious long-term bull. Quote, From a technical analysis perspective, the second quarter drop is a pullback, Dib said. Bitcoin is still in the stage of a parabolic advance. End quote. Bitcoin is currently trading at $34,679. That's down 3.3% from yesterday. While Ether is trading at $2,145. That's down 1.5% from yesterday, according to the Coindesk Price Index. And in related news, here are the headlines we're tracking today. You can find the links to the full stories in the show notes for this episode. And after the break, we're back with a look at security tokens, courtesy of Head of Real Estate at Republic, Janine Yorio. But first, here's what's hot. The U.S. economy's surprising strength warrants scaling back asset purchases sooner, starting with mortgage-backed securities, Federal Reserve Governor Christopher Waller told Bloomberg. 
The FT reports Microsoft and Google have ended an almost six-year truce to prevent open warfare between the rival big tech companies, clearing the way for direct conflict as regulators take aim at barriers to competition among the leading U.S. technology groups. China's manufacturing held firm in June amid easing price pressures, while a steep drop in car production was a blow to Japan's factory output. USDC stablecoin could soon expand to more than 10 blockchains. Coindesk's Zach Seward reports, the Coinbase and Circle-backed stablecoin with a market cap of $25 billion is currently on foreign networks and is poised to expand. The Wall Street Journal reports the recent drop in U.S. Treasury yields reveals some investors' doubts about how strong the economy will be in the coming years, even as officially measured inflation pushes to its highest level in more than a decade. Coinbase-backed startup looks to distribute crypto to everyone on Earth by scanning their eyeballs. Coindesk's Jamie Crowley reports, WorldCoin has designed an orb-shaped unit to produce a unique identifier from an iris scan. Amazon demands more than one thing from some vendors, a piece of their company. Bloomberg reports certain suppliers are asked to give Amazon the right to buy shares at potentially lower than market rates as part of their contract. That's also from Bloomberg. Coindesk's Andreas Angler reports the Spanish Socialist Party, that's the PSOE, the governing political body in Spain, has proposed creating a national digital currency. In an op-ed for Bloomberg, Anjani Trivedi writes, how serious is JP Morgan's $2.5 trillion green ambition? One of the world's largest financers of fossil fuels just bought a company that oversees 1.7 million acres of forests in the US, Chile, and New Zealand. Is that enough to make it green? The rest of Wall Street may hope so, but the reality is uncertain. Coinbase debuts a savings product with 4% returns on stablecoin deposits. In our zero or negative interest rate world, crypto companies are increasingly offering what amounts to a modern take on the now defunct concept of a traditional savings account. China's CBDC trials reach Beijing subway. Coindesk Jamie Crawley reports passengers with Industrial and Commercial Bank of China's mobile app can use digital yuan to pay their fares. Major League Baseball launches debut NFT of Lou Gehrig's Luckiest Man speech. The action for the NFT commences July 4th, the 82nd anniversary of the speech delivered by the Hall of Fame first baseman. Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchton become part owners of FTX. The power couple will receive crypto as part of a deal that makes Brady an exchange ambassador and Bunchton FTX's environmental and social initiatives advisor, a press release on Tuesday said. That's it for today's headlines. For all of you listening, I'm both proud and saddened to announce that today is my co-host and protege Lila Ledesma's last episode of Markets Daily. After starting as an intern in the early days of the pandemic, she quickly became the driving force behind this show. After more than a year, she's moving on to the wild world of crypto news reporting rather than just reading here at Coindesk. I know we all wish her the very best in this new era of her career in journalism and hope she'll stop by every now and then. But stay tuned for after the break. We'll be back with a closer look at why security tokens haven't quite caught on yet. Back in a minute. Meet Interpop, a super team redefining the future of NFTs and fandom. From comics and trading card games to digital collectibles and everything in between, they are building the architecture of an entirely new landscape of fandom using technology built on the Tezos blockchain to drive their vision. Visit hellointerpop.io to learn more. That's hellointerpop.io to learn more. There's so many blockchains and NFT marketplaces these days, and none of them work together. Introducing Unique One Network a multi-chain interoperable platform for DeFi-enabled NFT marketplaces. Powered by Polkadot, Unique One Network's cross-chain NFT hub lets you service NFT creators, investors, collectors, and traders across art, photography, philanthropy, gaming, finance, and more. So do yourself a favor and head over to Unique One Network now to learn more. Introducing Elliptic 
the preferred crypto compliance partner for businesses who want to grow with confidence. The busiest compliance teams rely on Elliptic's rigorous blockchain monitoring solutions to scale up and save money. Protect your customers. Manage your risk. Scale your business. Visit elliptic.co to talk to a crypto compliance expert today. That's elliptic, E-L-L-I-P-T-I-C dot C-O. Today's featured story is an opinion piece from head of real estate at Republic, Janine Yorio. A multi-trillion dollar universe of illiquid, privately held assets stands ready to be securitized on the blockchain. Millions in venture capital are riding on the premise, so why haven't security tokens caught on yet? Tokens can be divided into two types, utility tokens and security tokens. Most people are more familiar with utility tokens than security tokens because they are much more common. Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin are examples of these. A security token, on the other hand, represents an ownership stake in an asset, typically a company, and entitles its holder to a share of profits from the asset. Security tokens are much less common. And just a quick note from Adam here, this is one type of a security token, but security tokens really are anything that wind up looking like a security, which doesn't necessarily have to represent an ownership stake. It can also represent revenues. It can also represent debt. It can represent a number of things, but this is one of the more common use cases here that we're talking about. Okay, back into the article. Utility tokens are like chips in a casino. They can be used as currency within the casino for playing games and tipping dealers and converted back to other money when it's time to cash out. Holders of a casino's chips do not own a stake in the casino, nor are they entitled to any of the casino's winnings or profits. Security tokens, on the other hand, are like owning stock in a casino, shares in the company itself. When the house wins, you win. Security token holders own something that might pay off through profits or distributions. Utility tokens are used in an ecosystem. Security tokens give you ownership in that ecosystem. In 2018, when many notable utility tokens nosedived in value, the crypto community rallied around security tokens. Venture capital poured into security token projects, lured by the prospect of bringing liquidity to private markets, especially real estate. That year, high-profile VC firms Founders Fund and Andreessen Horowitz led an unusually large $28 million seed round into Harbor, a crypto startup promising to put ownership of real-world assets on the blockchain. The company's founder declared that Harbor would do to the real estate market what email did to snail mail. Three years later, the real estate market has escaped any noticeable changes. Harbor's slow attempt to mainstream security tokens reflects what happened across the entire security token industry. Big promises, disappointing results. It's easy to see why people might have wrongfully concluded that security tokens are a bust. So why have security tokens been so slow to catch on? Security tokens are subject to greater regulatory scrutiny than utility tokens like Bitcoin or Ethereum from the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, better known as the SEC, and require full SEC approval to be sold in public offerings to non-accredited investors or traded on secondary exchanges. Regulatory hurdles are one of the reasons their growth and adoption has been modest. However, that's all starting to change. The SEC is starting to qualify security token offerings, and nothing pours fuel on a financial product's fire quite like transparency and regulatory clarity. In July of 2019, the SEC qualified the first Regulation A token offering, a $23 million round for Blockstack, setting precedent for the sale of tokens that are immediately tradable to both accredited and non-accredited investors. They also provided clarity around secondary sales. In July of 2020, Arca Labs began trading its digital security token, the R-Coin, which is registered with the SEC and represents shares in Arca's U.S. Treasury Fund. In September of 2020, the SEC finally registered an $85 million security token offering from INX, a foreign crypto trading company. 
This became the first ever security token IPO qualified by the SEC. In April of 2021, the SEC qualified a Reg A plus token offering for Exodus, marking the first digital asset security that conferred equity in a U.S.-based issuing company. Exodus subsequently raised $75 million from 6,800 individual investors. Security tokens aren't strictly a U.S. phenomenon. In May of 2021, a Singapore-based bank issued its first security token offering, an $11.3 million digital bond that pays a 0.6% annual coupon. These movements may appear relatively small, but they mark an important transition for the crypto industry as it evolves from the Wild West to complete regulatory compliance. These changes herald massive mainstream adoption. Given all these positive developments, I have become very bullish on security tokens, but not because security tokens provide stable returns. Instead, let's be brutally honest about what people love about cryptocurrency. It's insane volatility. So volatile that 20% plus intraday swings are not atypical. Previous attempts to tokenize stable, income-generating assets have failed to acknowledge this fundamental truth. If the carrot of fractionalization alone were seductive enough to encourage people to invest, then REITs, or real estate investment trusts, would be as popular as the Shiba Inu coin. But they're not. The problem with early security tokens like Aspen coin or real T coins is that they offer no prospect of meteoric returns, the kind that Dogecoin fans love. Security token advocates point to steady returns as a core value proposition, but stability contradicts the very ethos of crypto. The perfectly irresistible security token is truly compliant and backed by quantifiable and verifiable assets with potential moonshot returns. Why? Combining SEC legitimacy with the catnip of crypto-style returns would create the gateway drug for all the crypto-curious conservative investors who have dabbled in Bitcoin but are too timid to invest in the kinds of highly speculative utility tokens that just might turn out to be worthless. And that's our show for today. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with the next news roundup on Thursday. And just a reminder that Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice.